Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo take turns bringing movies to the table. Some are good, some are bad, but we always have fun at the Film Club. Boo, how are you? I'm doing good, Dean. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good, because this week is my pick. And last week, I said we were going to be reviewing an underrated classic, the, the hot take. And uh, apparently, yeah, I was fucking wrong. Spirited Away is, like, actually the best one, and everybody seems to agree about it. I'm still holding with Kiki's Delivery Service, but I will give you Spirited Away was a really good movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just apologizing for last week, because I may or may not have... Said it was underrated? I may or may not have said it was underrated. Try to make a hot take happen, but it, it was more lukewarm. But this movie's pretty good. I, I dug it. It Ooh. is. I, I I didn't really know what to expect. I've seen uh, No Face before, and I was kind of like, he seems pretty cool, and going into this, I was like, alright, let's see how it differs from last week's pick. It's a really good movie. Entertaining. A very different storyline than what we watched last week, so I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so where do you want to start? Because this is interesting because most movies we do, you have some background into them, but this whole month is, you're just blind. Except for one. Except for one. But, um, okay, well, since I'm going into, or I went into this blind, mm -hmm. and we're starting this off, when was the first time you saw Spirited Away? Uh, I was in high school, I think, and I was at my cousin's house, mm -hmm. and they were, um, as the, they would probably describe themselves, super weebs, and they were watching anime, and I think they put on Spirited Away because their, like, little cousins were over. Yeah. And they put it on, and I was, like, bored, so I just sat there and watched the movie with them. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty good. I, I dug it. And also, I ain't gonna lie, I probably haven't seen it since then. Mm -hmm. So, have you ever had this experience with a movie where you remember parts of it and you think that's the whole movie? Yeah. Yeah, so I remembered, like, the ending of this movie. Mm -hmm. And I remembered, like, no face and, like, the eating stuff. Yeah. And that's all I remembered in this movie. I had no recollection of the rest of this plot. Yeah, all I know is no face and the eating scene from, like, GIFs and memes. Because those those are obviously... Oh, yeah. You know, the forebears of our history is GIFs and, and memes. And even I've used those for, you know, random messages, but it was very different coming in and seeing what's actually going on. Yeah, and also this is, came out in 2001, so... I It's really interesting because how... <sighs> so anime had this love affair with CGI around yeah. this time... And uh, sometimes it's really bad, the combination of, like, traditional 2D animation and, like, CG yeah. works really weird, but this one does it, and it's, there's some of it that doesn't age well, but then there's a lot of it that's just really good. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I thought I would point that out. But, yeah, Boo, so... Also, I didn't expect it to be a two-hour movie. Really? Yeah, once I got it rolling on HBO Max, I was like... Two hours, I was like, damn, this is, has to be, like, you know, a really elaborate story. And it is. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on in the story. It kept me entertained the entire time. Yeah. And fun fact about the story, because I, I found this out. Um, so Hayao Miyazaki, when he was making this, he did it with no script. 
literally really? the story yeah the story evolved and unfolded as he was doing the storyboards for the film mm -hmm. and in animation when you're doing the storyboards that's the movie mm -hmm. it's that's basically how it is but there is no script there's no dialogue he basically drew the storyboards out and then dialogue and everything else was kind of written after wow and it's really interesting because also the film i feel like Hayao like Hayao Miyazaki was watching Wizard of Oz while he was making this movie did, did you get that vibe yeah there's a little bit of Wizard of Oz vibes in there mm -hmm. you know little girl goes into this new world you know sees interesting fantastical stuff needs to find her way back to Kansas yeah yeah makes friends along the way mm -hmm. and you know there's no guarantee that she's ever gonna see those friends that she made again but it's made a huge impact on her life yeah and it's changed her from who we meet in the beginning of the movie to the very end yeah it's the classic character arc of you know mm -hmm. storytelling so boo where do you want to start with this because we do you want to talk about the dub do you want to talk about the story the actors the characters the director the fact that you are now in love with Studio Ghibli, like, where, where do you want to go with? I mean, this is my second Studio Ghibli film, and I'm very impressed, so... Maybe I, I think, Boo should get into more anime. I think I'm going to have to watch more, you know, just for science. For, for science? Yeah, for science, but... Wait till we get to Cowboy Bebop. It'll be for science. I already watched, like, eight or nine episodes for you. Yes, and would you like to tell the internet why they're going to hate you now? Because I watched the first three subbed? No, because you didn't like it. Everyone likes Cowboy Bebop. I mean, it was alright. No, no, Cowboy Bebop is flawless. It's great. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of dubbed, we both watched this dubbed. Yes, yes. So I... we, we both watched the same version. Not like the last couple times. Well, I mean, we watched Kiki's the same, but it, I think it was Perfect Blue where I, I watched it subbed and you yes. watched it dubbed. Yeah. But uh, when I was watching the dub version, a couple of the voices stood out to me, and I'm like, I recognize those. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure about some of the, the character names. Uh, the girl that... Uh, Sen? Yeah, the uh, or Chihiro, Sen. The, the girl that Sen works with. Mm -hmm. um, I can't think of what her name is. Oh, I know. Yeah, the the she's the voice of like my Valentine from Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, and she's No, she's also Meg from Hercules. Really? Yeah, so when oh, when shit. I'm listening to her talk, I'm like I'm like is that Meg and I had to research it and I found it I'm like, "Of course, that's Meg." And then Haku, and I was like, "You know, I know that voice. It was driving me crazy." Yes. That voice is uh, James Marsden, who does the voiceover of Binks in Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, my spirit guide from when I was younger is back again. And of course, he's being a spirit guide to Chihiro. Face it, boo. Hayao Miyazaki is just making movies about what you wanted to be as a little girl. Like, you know, wanted to be a witch flying around cool, fancy Europe with a little with, black cat. With my little black cat, yes. And, and in this one, you know, waitress in you know this cool spirit thing that's all like spooky and well, you know i mean there's as, adventure as, you fall in love with a dragon as a little girl my my uh dream wasn't to be a waitress but when i was waitressing i would have preferred you know it be a spirit world and see all sorts of cool things yeah yeah so yeah you know so so world. i thought that was pretty cool <clears throat> that you know 
two uh, Disney big hitters were in this because this is a technically Disney film made by another studio. I know that's like kind of like the running joke where Disney does these commercials for it and, you know, a Disney production by Studio Ghibli. And it's like, yeah, you guys, it's Studio Ghibli. It's not Disney. Well, it's because Disney owns all, like, yeah. the distribution rights for, like, America and stuff. And, which is pretty good fair, to be honest. Yeah, because Disney's the elite, so it's like... You well, go. maybe not the elite, but they have all the money. Yeah, and they own everything, so... They're working on it. They're going to be owning our podcast soon. Look out for that. Oh, it's going to be hard not to curse. Ah, uh, damn it. we got to get all that shit out now. So, yeah, so Spirited Away. Um, I kind of want to talk about some of the very interesting, interesting things about the world, because I think that's a big thing about this movie, mm-hmm. that Kiki's Delivery Service lacked so kiki's delivery service felt a lot more like grounded the there was a fantastical element to the world with you know kiki's a witch there's you know a flying machine but this is an actual fantasy world yeah because she's the fantastical person in that world and it's a regular world and this is just like you kind of fell through the rabbit hole and we're on the other side actually that's a that's an interesting turn of phrase because I know I mentioned that this had an air of, like, Alice, or not, um... Wizard of Oz. Of Wizard of Oz. Because, you know, oh, you know, this girl, she goes to this other world, blah, blah, blah. But more, this is more like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, because, you know, Kiki doesn't fall through the rabbit hole, but she does go through the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, she starts to change into a spirit. Mm -hmm. And that is when Haku gives her the, the little berry, because she has to have some food of this land to maintain you know who she is before she turns into a spirit or a ghost that's like eating the mushroom in alice in wonderland no, so you can it's grow. like no eating the cookie oh eating the cookie that's right mm-hmm. is is haku the um cheshire cat well i mean the or cheshire is he the white cat ha- or is he the white rabbit no he'd be the cat because the cat can transform into different things oh yeah and uh sen or chihiro would be alice mm-hmm so, yeah, we kind of have a Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland kind of vibe going on in this world. Yeah, and also this world, as we were talking about, it feels very um, inspired by, like, Japanese folklore and culture and things like that. And don't get me wrong, I ain't an expert in Japanese folklore, legends, <laughs> anything, anything like that. But I do know vaguely that there is a lot more things referred to as spirits. Like yeah. there's a there's like a, a river spirit, food spirits. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. spirits associated with like elemental or basic things. Yeah. And I think that's a, a thing that happens in like like our culture where if something's a spirit, it's a person that's died and passed on. That's yeah. a spirit. For, for our culture, it would be a ghost. Yeah. Uh, in Asian culture, it's, you know, the spirits, and I, I think they, like, pray to the spirits, and the spirits are supposed to take care of you. Yeah, they're more like gods or, or things of that nature. Yeah, and in Latin culture, you know, we, we celebrate, like, um, Day of the Dead, where we honor our spirits of our relatives' past. So there's different spirits and things for every culture, but in this movie, it's kind of like... Because it, it's interesting because it looked like there were ghost people on the train. Yeah. And, but at the um, spa or bathhouse or whatever that Sen is working at, mm-hmm. 
that they're not like dead people they're like like these weird elemental like spirits of of fantasy and stuff like that that hang out there so i was i was a little weirded out by that and i was like wait what what the fuck is no face is no face a no face is like a demon right like that's what he is supposed to be or is he like a hunger spirit or i'm not sure what no face is supposed to be but later on in the film after we have you know the the major altercation with no face Mm -hmm. Uh, Sen says, you know, we need to get him out of here because, uh, the bathhouse brings the worst into him. And once, you know, she gets him back out into, you know, open air, he's back to, you know, that kind of quiet and polite, Mm -hmm. no face that we made at the very beginning of the movie. So, excuse me, it could be a thing of, you know, this bathhouse just kind of brings the worst out of people after seeing how, um, Yubaba kind of runs it. Mm. where she's in control of everybody and everything. So it's more of a greed-run business than a holistic experience. Well, it it almost felt to me like it was kind of like, um, oh, what's it called in Pinocchio? Fantasy Island? Yeah. Yeah, where it kind of felt like that, because it's this place you can get all the food you want, mm-hmm. you can relax in the baths, you can do this, that, whatever. And I thought that's what it was talking about, where certain spirits come here and it's a thing where they can be corrupted by all like the things around them and yeah. no face giving out all the gold and stuff and the fact that he can create gold in the palm of his hand mm-hmm. and it's like what other powers does he harness if he could just you know create gold like nothing it's interesting huh. but yeah so like it because the story of the plot of the film is relatively simple right yeah, uh, Chihiro is moving to a new town, starting a new school, and one thing I picked up on, like, right off the bat, how her and Kiki differ, is mm. just, Chihiro's very, very whiny and very baby-like, and mm. I had to look it up and see what the age difference is, so Chihiro's 10. Yeah. So there's only, like, a three-year age gap between well, the two of them. Well, yeah, but I feel like, um, she Chihiro comes... is feels a lot more like a real 10-year-old, right? Yeah, she's more on the the babyish kind of side, holding on to her mom, going through the tunnel, and how she's afraid. And it's, you know, it's interesting to see her go from a scared little girl to, you know, I could conquer the world. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because the plot of the movie's basic, but, like, and then it's the world around it that just keeps, like, keeps me thinking... Because I feel like there's a lot of things in the film that are symbolic of other stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of weirding me out because, okay, so I watched um, Rashomon and Tokyo Story yeah. not not too long ago. And those were great films made in Japan in like the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And those ones I got into a long conversation talking about, oh, what's the story mean, the symbology, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And watching Spirited Away. And this is my bad because, you know... A lot of a lot of times when it's like a kids film or an animated film, usually you're like, maybe the message ain't that deep, right? And this one, I feel it's really deep, and I yeah. just can't pick it up. No, I mean there were like messages left and right in this mm-hmm. movie, and I I wasn't expecting the depth of this movie. You know, all I've seen is the poster. I've seen the trailer just for you know uh, purposes of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And images and gifts. So I really didn't know what to expect. You got in completely blind. Completely blind. And there's just so much depth. I mean, along to 
when Kiki, or Kiki, sorry, when Chihiro and her family stumble upon um, the amusement park. Yeah, and they make that comment that, oh, amusement parks like this were built all, all over in the 90s, and then the economy went bust and mm-hmm. it all went under. And that's kind of weird that they would have a whole amusement park just a abandoned in like the middle of nowhere i mean we have plenty here in the states that are just abandoned and people can wander in and walk around and it's surreal and creepy at the same time yeah it's just like out in the middle of nowhere you don't know who's there what's there and that's kind of what we get in this movie when they Mm -hmm. start to you know walk around this abandoned amusement park and right off the bat the parents smell the food and Chihiro is just very, you know, we're going to get in trouble if we eat this food. And even I'm thinking in that circumstance, I wouldn't be eating the food. And that's why you don't go on imaginative, you know, life-affirming adventures. Well, I mean, also, you know, I think that's one of the messages that is in this movie is gluttony. Yeah, the parents have are a weird symbol for that because they they feel like very greedy right yeah you know the dad shows up and he's like oh let's just like explore this like i know we're not supposed to be here but hey let's just like keep exploring we have money we'll just you know pay if we break something well i mean that that's the huge thing with when they start to eat the food and chihiro's you know we shouldn't do this we're gonna get in trouble or get caught and he's like, I've got credit cards and I've got cash. We could pay them for whatever. And they're just loading up on their plates. And at first I'm just kind of like, man, you guys are really going to town. You can't be that hungry. And then you see, oh no, there's something going on here that's causing them to eat mm-hmm. in excess. And ultimately they turn into a couple of pigs. Yeah. I wonder if that's a, that has to be a comment about like the consumerism and mm-hmm. just like, you know, just because you can pay for for all this doesn't mean you should be paying for all this. Like, Or it doesn't mean you need to be consuming all of this. Yeah. Because that's a big thing in the United States, at least. You know, uh, a lot of our fast food, it's, you know, buy this, get two free, and we have huge sizes, and it's just like... God bless America. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's very inexpensive, but it's like, do we really need to be consuming all of this? Yeah, Not really. Yeah. Granted, don't don't even lie to me. You saw those those chicken wings they were chowing down on. You got a little hungry. No, I, what was it that looked good? I think it was the soup dumplings. Mm-hmm. Those looked good. But I mean, granted, most of the food in this movie looked very good. It that's your that's your thing about anime is if it's food, I kind of want to eat it. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, and j- just that little little thing there. You know, looking into it in a little bit of a deeper level, that mo- the movie's filled with stuff like that, and it feels like there's things being thrown around in the film that are, oh, that's an interesting moment, and then you mm-hmm. look a little deeper into it, and it's like, oh yeah, that's 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 kind of an interesting thought. Your you know the thought train is going on, but I'm wondering the overarching film, like what's putting on your pretentious cap for a minute, you know? <sighs> All right, I'll whip it out. Caps so, on now. So. What's the film about, man? What's the main theme? Is it just like this coming of age story, Alice in Wonderland exploration, and blah blah blah? This girl just goes from kind of a whiny like little kid to a moment of maturity, or is there something like way deeper about it? I think there's something deeper because she's not the only one that leaves a changed person mm-hmm. after this film, because even everybody else in this alternate universe that she encounters 
they change when yeah. she leaves. So I think it's kind of like a fate thing with like her and um, Haku, mm-hmm. where they, they just like they hit it right off the bat. You know, when they meet each other, and at first I was like, you know, after seeing how old she is, I'm like, bro, she's ten. You know, you're like, you're like, an immortal spirit <laughs> beyond the realm of man. Like you, you know, she's only ten. I'm like, okay, bro, you gotta back off. But you know, towards the end when we you know get the realization with Haku. And it's kind of like a fate thing. So I'm wondering if this moment needed to happen so that all of these people can kind of like have their eyes open. Because even our main villain in the movie, she even, you know, kind of learns a lesson after everything happens. So she's also barely a villain, right? I mean, she's not horrible, but she is keeping all these people here. They all are her employees. Mm -hmm. So... And she's also a twin, so we get to see what her twin is like. Which see... is so much nicer. Yeah, so it's like, you know, good twin, evil twin. So mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, seeing... I wonder if there's a point in this movie about identity. Well, that prob- that's probably a big thing in the movie. Because yeah. it makes a point that um, Chihiro's name is changed to Sen, mm-hmm. and that you forget your name. You forget everything once you get there, and... Um... Haku makes it a point, you know, don't forget your name because that's when you lose everything. Yeah, and Haku is, and there's a whole thing with Haku because he doesn't know his name, then he, and that, and because of that, he can never leave. Yeah. And, like, I feel like a lot of the film comes down to kind of, like, finding yourself, like, who are you as a person? Very Hotel California. You know, you check in, but you can never leave. Exactly. Yeah, because we have um, Yubaba and Zeniba, and mm-hmm. they're twins, but they're polar opposites of yeah. each other. And Yubaba, she has her baby, right? Who is a, <laughs> the biggest baby. Yeah, I was very surprised. I'm like, damn, that's one big baby. Ah, uh, yep. Damn big baby. But like I mean, eight feet tall. But I love that uh, <laughs> That even uh, Yubaba was surprised. Oh, you're walking? You're talking? He's like, yeah, I just cry when you're around. But, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty developed for being a baby that's eight feet tall. You know. Yeah. But that's kind of, because that's another interesting thing, because he goes from, like, being completely dependent on other people to being more independent, and it's and it's really interesting, because to find that he had to be turned into a mouse to, you know, and then well, only it, to break, only to figure out that it's like, oh, I don't need, you know, to be taken care of all the time, I can be more self-reliant, and then he gets turned back into a baby. Well, it was also Sen, too, that kind of opened his eyes where he was being lied to by Yubaba saying, if you leave this room, germs the, the germs are going to get you. So it's That's very, very relevant to our current world situation. It is, but it's also relevant to Bubble Boy, where he was told, you know, from a young age, this will kill you, and now we have him where it's like... Oh, you got those, you got those Comedy Central deep cuts with Bubble Boy. God I damn. love Bubble Boy. Oh, man. Oh, there's a reason I'm going to marry you. I know. So. So, yeah, you know, that, that's another reference. And it's him kind of, you know, learning, oh, my mom was lying to me. What else has she been lying about? And it, it's true. You know, he has turned into a hamster or a gerbil. Mm-hmm. And he goes on his first adventure with Sen and uh, the other bird that like the security bird that flies around for his mom. Yeah. And it's just, you know, he's a very different person. And he kind of, you know, lays down an ultimatum to his mom, you know, don't mess with Sen or else I'm going to do this. And it's just like, you know, damn, eight foot baby finally grew. And he's a man now. Like, (sighs) okay. But yeah, like 
there's there's just so many like little details about the movie that are just fascinating to look at. Yeah. And it is still a kids movie. It's, yeah. It's not a thing where it's like, oh man, there's like these deep philosophical things you can kind of dig in. Like you can like deep dive into this man. Yeah. But like it's still a kids movie. It's still just generally colorful, entertaining, and things mm-hmm. are happening. And you but don't have a... to think too deep about it to enjoy it. No, but I mean, with this movie, it's like, you don't have to sit there and think about it, but it's kind of like, wait, what does that mean? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a lot of characters when she first gets there where she's just terrified because why wouldn't she be? You're in an alternate universe where there's spirits, spirits ghosts, ghouls, gas. Yeah, you know, you've got, you know, talking frogs, you've got this spider guy, and it's like, you're seeing that the things that would scare you in real life aren't really that bad just like you know the spider guy ends up being really helpful to her i loved the boiler man yeah he was really cool he I, is probably loved... my favorite character in the movie no i love the um they're not spiders but they're oh, the... the little soot yeah creatures? I, I like the soot guys they were cute and i like that she helped the one and the rest of them were just dropping rocks on this oh my god i can't help i can't do it i can't do it yes please this way you get a job so you can stay with us yay yeah it's like i like the little soot guys I even thought the the frog in his robe was cute. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of the thing we get with um, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Where the monsters aren't always monsters. Mm-mm. You know, like, um, oh, even if this thing looks scary and mean, sometimes it's actually very nice. You know, yeah. it's perspective. And I think that goes again with the thing of identity. You know, just because these things look scary doesn't mean they are scary. Yeah. You know? And that's what... Uh, Chihiro learns in this movie, and this is how she kind of grows into, I guess you could call her a woman at the end of this, because she... I mean, she's still 10. She's still 10, but she's not the 10-year-old that walked into that tunnel, even though she was clinging to her mom when they walked out, and it was kind of sad that her mom's like, you know... Her mom let her in, but she let them out. Yeah, and her mom's like, you know, stop holding on to me so tight, and it's like, it's been... I don't know, maybe a couple of days, a week at the most in this world. Oh, it's got to be longer than that. And, you know, she's been fighting to free her parents and herself. And mm-hmm. her parents are just kind of like, yeah, come on, let's go. You know, they have no memory. No, absolutely no memory. And I thought it was funny when they get to the car and, you know, it's just grown over with trees and dust. The dad's like, why is it so dusty? Is this some kind of prank? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, that's it's, okay. It's crazy. That's a question I got. So how long do you think they were in the spirit world how long were they spirited away i mean i thought it had to be like a week at the most but seeing the growth it's Mm -hmm. like maybe she was gone for a month i'm thinking even longer because okay because here's the whole thing with um oh when you're in the spirit world like one day in the spirit world's two days on the outside yeah so i thought it was one of those things because it felt like they were she was only in the quote-unquote the spirit world for like a couple of days or a week at the most. Yeah. But on the outside, it looks like they were gone for like a month, a month, or maybe two. two. Yeah. Cause everything's all like overgrown. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder, was this a missing person report? Are they just going to show up and like their house has been sold because they thought they just never showed up. Is, can she not go to school? I want to know the sequel. I want, I want the prologue where they show up and the police are like, where have you been? You know, we had all these missing personal reports. We, we thought this was a murder suicide. I mean, <clears throat> that was one gripe of mine after the movie ended, mm-hmm. because with Kiki's delivery service at the ending, 
through the credits, you kind of get to see what happens afterwards. You got your mini sequel in the yeah. credits. Yeah. So I, I felt satisfied knowing what happens afterwards. And I thought, oh, we're going to get the same with Spirited Away. And we don't. It just it just cuts to the credits. And I'm like, well, what happens? It's like, I wanted more. Yeah. So that's I what... I mean, isn't isn't that the, the, the tried and true method of so, show business? Always leave them wanting more? <sighs> that's very true. And this movie... You wanted more. I did. I, I, you know, I wanted to see Chihiro grow up. I wanted to see her and Haku meet up again someday because apparently their paths have been intertwined since she was... Very small. Yeah. Um, she, uh, Haku was a river. He was a river spirit. Mm-hmm. And apparently when she was younger, she almost drowned in the river and he saved her. She, you know, magically washed up on the shore or she was carried to the shore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is how she frees Haku because he had forgotten this part of it, his part of himself. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like this fate thing where they've always been destined to meet each other. So it was, it's like, you know, well, I want to know more of that storyline. Do they meet? Do the, the two worlds collide? Can she go back and visit? But we don't get that. And who's mad? I'm a little mad. I wanted to. I'm a little salty. I'm a little salty. Because, I mean, I did like the characters over in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her go back to Granny's. Cause oh, yeah. I thought that was such a such a short scene. And I was like, there, there's more here. Where yeah. they go to Zenibao's house and it's like, she's this, the nice twin. And it's and she's very that... understated, too. Because she yeah. says, like, you know, her sister is all about Flash. And when you go to Granny's... It's a lot more substance. Yeah, it's just, you know, a plot of land, a house. There's also the implication that this spirit world is way more vast oh, than yeah. what we see, and that's awesome. Because I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for like fantasy science fiction yeah. where it's like, oh, the the world and it's how big is the world outside of what we're seeing, you yeah. know, the lore and stuff. And this movie makes implications that the world's way deeper than what we're seeing. I want to see it. At least six train stops worth. Yeah, at least six train stops. So it's like, we don't know if there's anything past that number six stop. If it just, you know... It's the circles of hell. This is actually an allegory for Dante's Inferno. I see there's a lot that could be going on in this one movie. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a, you know, environmentalist anti-pollution message with the the stink spirit. That's actually the river spirit. But, you know, people kept polluting the river. So it got... It turned from a beautiful river into a giant stinky demon spirit and you know of, of course you know chihiro sen is the only one that really gives this you know river spirit the time of day because everyone's just you know oh my god it smells so nasty but then sen cleans out the river and the river's wonderful and it gives her medicine it does and it's the same with her and no face where she bows to him and lets him in and you know he's very loyal to a fault to her where he's you know trying to give her all of the tokens for the baths or give her all of the gold that he can give her. It's just, you know, those kind gestures from a child that kind of single her out from everyone else that works there. That is, they just want the gold. They, they want the gold. They want tips. They want money. So it's it's kind of interesting to see that dynamic. Huh. And this is, this is a movie with a lot of interesting dynamic and character stuff. And I would highly recommend people to go and watch this one. As would I. Now, I got a question. So, the next film we're going to watch on the podcast... Yes. I'm not going to ask you... I'm not going to ask you about it just yet. Because I want to know, what's your favorite film you've seen this month of Anime Month? Okay. So, 
which is which is your favorite? Is it Spirited Away? Is it Kiki's Delivery Service? Is it Perfect Blue? Because we got kind of an interesting play here, right? Because Spirited Away is the one that won all the Oscars. Yeah. The deep fantasy world. Kiki's Delivery Service is a lot more of a ground, quote unquote, grounded story. Yeah. And then Perfect, Perfect Blue, Blue is a psychological thriller that's totally different from all these. Well, I think I'm going to have to answer that question in our next episode because our next episode is going to be our last episode of anime. I know it is, but I don't want to because I'll have to add the next ep- movie. And I know it's going to be your answer. And you, you don't know, know why, that. We, boo, you know why I know that? You don't know that. Because what is it, Boo? You can tell the people. How ne- about you just sing the song? I'm not going to sing. I'm going to save you all from having to hear that because it'll just be rough for you guys, rough for me. So next week at the film club, we are going to be watching Pokemon the first movie. I love it so much. I know you do. It's the only anime film you have expressly said that you've seen before. And that I you saw made it in the point. theater. Yeah. Yeah. And you told me it got you emotionally. Like you cried at this movie. I mean, I was eight when I watched this. So yeah, uh, it meant a lot. Yeah. And I uh, may or may not have watched it before this episode's recording. And oh, buddy, I got some opinions. Oh, damn. I'm not going to, I'm not going to you know ruin it for you but i got opinions oh you're not gonna ruin it for me because it's again since i was eight it's been in my heart it's never gonna change i guess but what is changing is the constant algorithm of youtube and spotify that you know tries to stop us down so why don't you try and follow us on some of our apps social media stuff other all that shit boo where can they follow us well, if you're on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you're on YouTube and you don't have access to uh, streaming sites like Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, where we're currently playing, you can find us on YouTube at In The Frame. Yes, and there you can also find our sister podcast, The Double Feature Podcast, which I do with my buddy David. That's kind of like this, except we bring two movies in and we talk about them in a little bit more of a art house aesthetic mm-hmm. we're a little bit more pretentious basically for slightly longer than this we're more of the fun channel totally totally so yeah uh but come and check us out i think it'll be fun for everyone yeah so tune in next week because it's pokemon gotta catch them all pokemon, pokemon. All right. who's that pokemon uh it's it's dina chu it's dina chu goodbye peace we'll see you next week <laughs>